Here's to getting back together, to planned lunches and unplanned cookouts, to grandma's recipes and smells that take us back, to passing down plates and traditions. Here's to warm embraces and familiar faces, to your best friends becoming best friends, to scheming, dreaming, and food still steaming. Here's to laughter and love, to growing closer than ever, for all of life's get-togethers. Chinette, here's to us. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Minority Reports podcast and digital series. I am your host, Mona Shake. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. TGIF. Happy Friday, James. How you doing? Oh, my God. I am. This week has been like brutal. I don't know how it has been for you, but work wise, stress wise, it's been like a little crazy. But a good one, nonetheless. I'm happy that uh, the Friday is here. And I am so excited about my guest today. Not because only she's a, she's like part fellow Pakistani, but her accomplishments are so incredible that I, I think it's going to take me an hour just to read off her achievements. So I'll just give you a highlight. She's an incredible actress. She uh, has been in The Good Place. She's been on... Uh, the show FBI, she's been on uh, We the People and uh, the, the Boys. I mean, my God, I mean, the, her resume is like a gajillion miles long. But I'm just going to bring her on and then we're going to talk about her incredible career. Here's my very talented friend, Anna Kaja. How are you? Hey, it's good to see you. So great to see you. I feel like we both stepped out of the same salon. We did. We stepped out of the awesome Pakistani hair salon. That's where we stepped out of. Your stylist is a little better than mine. No, I don't know about that. I think we both got that whole thick hair, shiny thing going on. Anna, your background is amazing. You are a mix of Indian, Pakistani, and Irish. That's right. That's right. You got to give it to Pakistani men, though. They are out there spreading the word and spreading the seed, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Out there making beige and khaki people. Oh, yeah. I am about that life. Yeah. Honey, your uh, dad is Pakistani and your mom's Irish. That's right. My dad was born in India. Then yeah. during the partition, went over to yes. the newly formed country of Pakistan. And that's, right. uh, that's where he was raised. That I mean, I mean, what fascinates me is that how did your parents meet? My parents met in Berkeley at an Israeli Singles folk dance. What? Israeli yep. single folk dance? An Israeli singles folk, folk dance. I just said folks because you said folks. Yep, she wasn't wearing a bra. She <laughs> saw her across the room. It was the 70s. Hell yes. You know? Free the titties, she's, baby. She's free the titties. She had bright blue eyes. He was like, man, I, I'm, I'm seeing those blue, blue eyes. I'm seeing some free titties. I want to talk to that. There's a lot of freedom there. There's a lot of freedom. I want to check it out. And your resume is so incredible. I think what fascinates me the most about you, that I mean, you are just such an accomplished actress. Um, You know, for me, like, you know, when I when I learned about you, I was like, my God, you've been like almost like flying under the radar. Like you've been doing so many amazing things. But you're like just flying under the radar and doing all these awesome roles. And I'm like, who is this incredible woman doing all these incredible roles? Like, what? I don't, how did you even get That's started? That's why I'm here, Mona. I want you got to be my radar. You got to be the radar that I. I got to be over. your radar. I, I mean, Anna, how did you even get started? Like, 
I mean, is any are any of your parents artists by any chance? No, 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 no. So what no. what got you into acting? What made you go? You know what? I want to become an actress. It's really just one of those. You know, I'm one of those people. It's just it's the only thing I ever wanted to do. I remember being two years old. It was the only thing I ever wanted to do. Four years old. Only thing I, I don't. I don't even remember the moment where I was like, "Hey, I could do that." Like people talk about that, or mm. you know, or or I'd like to do that or try that. It was the only thing I ever wanted to do. Wow, it's pretty mean, straightforward and to the point where like I didn't really pursue other things. Like you know, I never played right. a sport. Right. You know, um, I was just right. kind of like drama, drama nerd. Right. You just were, you, did you ever watch like TV and were just like, you know what? I see myself doing that. Oh, absolutely. Like I remember watching like Three's Company when I was really, 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 really little and just, you know, John Ritter was my guy. Oh, and, uh, and uh, yeah. And I just wanted to do what he did. I only ever thought of myself playing the male roles, of course. Really? <laughs> male well, roles? Yeah. Because, you know, especially back then, they were the complex roles. They were the interesting roles. They were the, they were the roles where it's like you're the center of your own life, right? And right. not a prop, right? You're not a prop, right. so you're the center of your own life, and that's how I felt. Yeah, I mean, I remember even in high school, like I, the monologues I would do were always. I did Hamlet. Um, I was always doing male monologues. I remember that we did we did Our Town in high school and. I come from a pretty, you know, conservative town, a little behind the curve, yeah. always. Yeah. Um, and uh, we did Our Town, and you know the stage manager who's the narrator? I I told my drama teacher I was going to audition for that, and she told me flat out, I will never cast a girl in that role. And then I auditioned, and I don't know, I guess she thought about it, and she cast me. Huh. Look at that. So. I mean, I mean, Anna, you're... You're so young, like when you discover, I mean, from a very young age where you're just telling your parents, like, hey, I'm going to be an actress. I'm going to be a performer. That's, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And yeah. how Not like I'm going to be famous or anything like that, because I didn't even have the, I didn't have the knowledge to even really think about that. Yeah. How about it? They were, I have to say, they were just incredibly supportive. I mean, both your parents were. Both. Wow. Both. Are my dad is sort of the, I'm an only child. Yeah. My dad is sort of like the anti, not anti-Pakistani Pakistani, but uh, the He's most non-traditional Pakistani yeah. you, you, you may have heard of, of his generation. He's in his seventies now. And he, he's, it's actually a very interesting story. He, um, he was considered like the young Sufi in the town. Wow. And people would like bring their kids to him to sort of heal or like have him predict soccer games and outcomes and stuff like that. And he was very, he was the one of the nine brothers and sisters and he had a twin um, who would go and to the mosque, you know, and during Eid and he would just pray and meditate sometimes 3 a.m. all the time. He was extremely spiritual as a child. And then um, his, his parents had told him and his twin that they were not twins, that they were different ages. Why is that? because my dad skipped three grades and they thought, Hey, let's tell Anna's dad that he's uh, a little bit older than he is. Wow. I mean, so that his twin sister won't feel bad. Right. Um, so anyway, something happened around teenage years. I don't know what it was, but he had like this whole break 
with the spiritual side of things and just went totally science minded. And, and he just said that he always knew he didn't belong there and he had to go. And he told his family that um, he had gotten, he had, he had gotten some sort of, this is where it gets a little vague, but I think it was like a scholarship or some invitation to study at UCLA for I think a month. Yeah. And he says that they all like took him to the train and he got on the train and he said, I'll be back in a month. And he waved and he knew he was never going to go back. Wow. He did go that, back a couple of times, but, but that was right. his, he knew he belonged somewhere else. Very, very strange. So good. He has, he goes by way of, of some other places. He winds up, you know, Berkeley, California, doing a lot of psychotherapy, like back in the seventies. Wow. Like progressive wow. psychotherapy, like Esalen shit. You know what I mean? And, right. um, and and just totally obsessed with like that and trying to solve himself and and then he met my mom and got her into it so he was just always different mm -hmm. you know i mean on a, even like today's age for you know if you go and speak to a pakistani dad and be like what about therapy or even a pakistani mom they'll be like mm. i told my mom and i was like mom i think you should go to therapy you have a lot you've had a lot of trauma in your life, you should go to therapy. <laughs> and my mom goes, I have a friend in the mosque. I'm going to talk to her. She's a therapist. I'm like, all right. Okay, cool. Okay. She talk. Right. A couple of days passed by. I told my mom, I was like, mom, did you talk to your friend? She's like, did you talk to your therapist friend? She's like, I talked to her. She told me I am perfect. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I'm sorry. What? She goes, she told me I am perfect. And I was like, all right, then, then this conversation's over. Okay. Well, uh, exactly. I should freaking exactly. go to my therapist and be like, give me my money back because my mom said that she's perfect. So I don't have any issues. Give me my money back. And oh. you know what? She is. She is perfect. She is. She is perfect. Yeah. She's perfect yeah. in her own mind. She's freaking perfect. You know? Yeah. You know, and that is, that is, uh, incredibly progressive one thing i've come across is the bay area indians and pakistanis like the south asians in the bay area are just incredibly progressive people they're just on a whole different level of how they operate because i come back to la and i come across south asians here not nearly not nearly as a lot flashier a lot more conservative a lot more backwards i would say in many ways yeah. But the Bay Area South Asians tend to be just so progressive. Absolutely. And, and I don't know Absolutely. why. Is it technology? I mean, what is My that? Cousin, What's that about? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think the Bay Area in general is, it has a more progressive streak. Yeah. You, know, you know, it has Berkeley in the 60s, right? Yes. In 1969 and all of that. I mean, LA is progressive because it's artsy and because it's metropolitan and it's sexy. Yeah, sexy, you know, I, I and think this superficial. Yeah. Yes, like, yes. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I also on my mom's side, I come from like a. I mean, she, her family's more working class, but uh, or more like I should say, blue collar, not working class, blue collar. Mm -hmm. Um, but like a lot of my family on on my mom's side is like super. Like they all went to Berkeley High mm -hmm. and graduated in 1969, and they were, you know. We're like we invented Burning Man, you know. That's my family. We wow, yeah, wow. Just wow, traveling to the desert to make giant art sculptures and 
that that kind of stuff. So I mean, I know when you uh, now have you been to Pakistan ever? I have, yeah. And yeah. what is it like? What? How old were you when the first time you went back to Pakistan? <laughs> I was thirty-eight. You were thirty-eight years old. I was thirty-eight years old, time. and I went by myself. Wow. What about your dad? He didn't want to go with you. He didn't want to go with me, and I um, and it took him that long to put me in touch with his family. Huh. Took wow. him that long. A lot of healing. A lot of healing. I went. Yeah, I went back, and I felt that I was not just healing my own life, mm. like the the unspoken schism of mm -hmm. being raised by a human being that is from a place and a culture, mm -hmm. like from, like sprung from it, every cell, right? Right. Who really doesn't talk much about it and doesn't want to like share it with you. Um, he talked about it a little bit, but if you push too hard mm -hmm. or like, hey, how about I meet? Or, hey, should we go? Or anything having to do with that. Uh -huh. um, the, and and even my name, Kaja, which is on my birth certificate, that's yes. that's a shortened version of, you're gonna laugh at how I say it because you know this last name. Khwaja. But it's that, it's a shortened version of Khwaja, but that's what my dad shortened it to. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and so that's when he got me in touch with them. And so he gave me one phone number or email address. I emailed them, they were all, all, you know, because all, all of them, all the rest of them are just all still right yeah. there. Yeah. And um, and uh, then I just found like, I just, I was suddenly within a week in touch with hundreds of cousins, you know, first cousins and, um, and yeah. all sorts of people. And then within about uh, four weeks of that, I had bought myself a plane ticket and uh, my husband wanted to go with me. And I told him, no, there's something I have to do on my own. Wow. And they picked me up from the airport, and that was it. Wow. Uh, Anna, are you not scared in the process to be like, my God, I'm going to go to this uh, strange country that my dad's from uh, that may not be the most uh, politically stable or, you know, even safety-wise not the most safe. I mean, none of those kind of concerns went through your head? Yeah, they all went through my head, but I also just felt really strongly it was something I had to do. Like it was a circle uh, I had to complete. It was something yeah. I had to do in my life. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, I had written. What was that need, Anna? What was that need you're talking about? Is that need to connect to your roots or to where your dad comes from? Is there a healing that you're doing on his behalf? Uh, is there a, is this yes, more of a yes, personal healing? Yes, yes. All, all of that. There was a lot of it that I hadn't thought through, mm. and, but just knew, but I, um, um, like a, it's almost easier for me to explain it how it was when I was there. For instance, during my trip, I remember crying openly, like sobbing openly, mm. um, in front of people six different times. Mm. I'm not that person. Like, mm -hmm. you're never gonna see me cry, Mona. I mean, maybe on camera you'll see me, but like, I'm not that person. That's the person that you know. Mm. cries often and I would even be like why is this happening why is this happening it was this very mm. weird like, body feeling of being home mm. and then answering all of these um, un, un, uh, just answering the questions that they had right, you know? right. Uh, closing loops for them and uh, bridging compassion and understanding I think I hope that was my goal anyway um and um, 
am I explaining this well? Like what yeah. it was like, it just, it was just a You're need. You're explaining it just fine. Yeah. You know, it was just a need I had that I knew there was a part of me I could feel. Oh. Like I knew, but I didn't know. And I needed to bring those together in the full knowing. Do you think it, it, had, it was about identity for you? Totally, totally. And as a writer, every story I tell, you know, when they say you tell the same stories over and over again, they're always identity stories. You know, mm -hmm. it, it was about identity. Yeah. 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 Do you think it was about, I mean, I know that, you know, I, I think it's so fascinating. We are American born raised, you know, you're a, a partially a Pakistani descent. I'm born and raised in Pakistan. I moved to New York when I was 15. But then I went through like 10 years of identity crisis. I didn't know where I belonged. I was like, am I Pakistani? Am I American? Am I religious Muslim? Am I not religious Muslim? Like, what kind of Muslim am I? What kind of Pakistani am I? Uh, am yeah. I even Pakistani? Because when I would go that back. Age, that, that age sounds really challenging. It's so rough. It is so rough. Yeah. You know, nobody prepares. Nobody prepared us. They just like Ooh. threw us in this situation. My parents were just like, all right, going to send the kids off to, to America. Have a nice day. Figure it out. And you're like, uh, I don't know shit. Like, what yeah. am I going to do? You know, I have yeah. four older brothers. We're only like two years apart from each other. So they're figuring their lives out as I'm trying to figure my life out. So I just went through 10 years of just not knowing where I belong. I remember going in 2006 when my father passed away. He died very young. My father died at 56. And mm. I remember going to Pakistan and talking to my cousins and not being able to relate. Yeah. I couldn't relate to them. I was talking to yeah. them and I was like, I don't, you don't get me and I, I don't get you. Like, yeah. I know I was born partially raised here, but I have grown so much as a person that I'm really having yeah. a difficult time connecting with you. Was yeah. that a thing for you when you went and met your cousin? Oh, yeah. It's hard to relate because. Oh, my God. It, it's it was hard. It was, it, yeah, it was just like, it was literally, it literally felt like someone had like plunged me in the depths of the ocean and then turned me upside down. I had Ooh. no, I had no bearings, you know? Oh. And I, I remember that there was, my dad had this one brother who had lived in the States for like a good chunk, like for 15 years of his adult life and then gone mm -hmm. back, right? Yeah. And I remember the first day, um, kind of asking about him and they brought him over and just feeling like, <laughs> like, you know, I just want to have, a, it, it's hard to explain the cultural yeah. divide, you know, but it felt like a safety to me, just all the cues, mm -hmm. all the, all the emotional cues and the physical cues and the cues, like I had never knew I was so American mm. until I went to Pakistan. You know what I mean? Mm. But I also never knew I was so Pakistani. Until I went to Pakistan, like at the same time, there, there, there was just this thing, like my, my, uh, my Bubby, my like older cousin's, you know, wife, he, you know, she just kept saying, she's like, you know, you're an Eastern girl wrapped in a Western girl. And like, and I think that's what I was like trying to <laughs> yes. you know, bridge too, is because there was something that at the same time, even though I was like, I cannot, uh, I cannot relate. I appreciate, I appreciate, it, but I cannot relate. Yeah. Um, there was another deeper part of me that was like, I've never felt more home. Like never in my, like, like there's actually, I have these pictures of me with my family members and I kind of, like I remember I showed one to my husband and he was like, that's you. And it looked like my face was different. Like the muscles in my face were different and, and I looked like lighter and more open. How like 
in a lot of the pictures just because I there was a new relaxation in me of also being home. It was just really interesting to go that back for me so, at that time. I, I think I think you know um I, I, I think for a lot of uh, and I and I hear this actually a lot from American uh, born kids who are either mix of Pakistani or Indian and any other culture uh, or who are born and raised here is that that sense of like longing like that sense of longing to be yes. like where like where do I like I long for this part of my life I mean did yeah. your dad raise you with like certain Pakistani things like were you guys celebrating Eid were you guys doing Ramadan what did he was he buying you Pakistani clothes uh, no like, none of it nothing no not and in fact I went on no. my own journey like I found Pakistani mm. kids I found a community Mm. I um and 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 Indians I I you know uh actually like for a while joined a, a Bhangra troop you know I I in high school I found found this like group of girls who were part of this place where you'd get hired to to model saris but mm -hmm. I I I sought all of that out on my yeah. own you know yeah. yeah and my and but then you know I I have to yeah, yeah, he denied me things. He also kind of gave me a lot of things. Like, I can honestly say that my dad, and I think this is... At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. <laughs> device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. Well, you can tell me what you think. I think this is pretty impressive um, for someone of his generation raised in Pakistan. Yeah. He raised me with, I would say, zero sexism. Wow. Like, like zero. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Like, nah, And no. I remember him saying to me, he said, you know, Anna, marry whoever you want. Wow. But please don't marry a Pakistani because you are not made for that. Wow. Like he, was, he was worried. He was worried at a certain point. Wow. That's huge. Did you not say to your dad, but dad, you're Pakistani. Yeah. And it, but, but he meant that like, he, he did, he wasn't an insult to Pakistanis yeah. at all. It yeah. was, oh shit. I raised this girl that can't do that. Like mm. I raised a very American Mm -hmm. girl and he didn't necessarily because he's from his generation yeah. trust that a Pakistani man and this girl could could you know coexist in a good way right right and I think a lot of that is generational uh, yeah you're right I mean my my brother who is single him and I talk and he tells me the same thing he's like don't marry a Pakistani guy and I was like dude you're Pakistani <laughs> you know there you go. Yeah. And he's like yeah he's like but yeah he's like but what you do and who you've become as a woman, he's like, 
there's not going to be any man really of our culture who will understand what is it that you do and who you are, you know? And uh, listen, it's not to say that that guy isn't out there. Maybe he is. I just haven't met him, you know? Uh, yeah. Most yeah. of the, most of the Pakistani men I come across are even if they're born and raised here, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a nurturing by their family uh, that they are, you know, they sit little, up top. Little prince, little prince. They're, they're, they're the kings, right? Yeah. They're yeah. the man. They call the shots and they have yeah. to tell the woman what to do, you know? And I'm like, yeah. ah, yeah, that's not yeah. going to work out for me because yeah. I don't take that from anyone. I mean, I've been on my own since I was 18, for God's sake. You know, I've been on my own for, for so freaking long. I mean, I know when you started your acting journey, like how old were you when you, 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 I mean, you said you were doing school plays, but then when did you, how old were you when you officially started taking acting classes and going to acting school and you were like, okay, this is like hard. This is where I'm going to do this. Well, I was a theater major at UCLA because mm -hmm. you okay. know, I'm going to be a theater major. And then, um, yeah. And then I just told, I'm actually also a very late bloomer with the acting thing because I, in my twenties, just, I graduated from college. I had no money. I come from a family of teachers and I was like, I got to make a living. And um, so I went and I uh, just immediately got hired as a high school drama teacher. Wow. Um, at a high school down kind of it's in Linwood. It's near like Compton mm -hmm. and Watts kind of squeezed between there. And, um, and I, w I worked there for four years. Wow. And, so I didn't, and, and then it, then I had to sort of have a conversation with myself about like, wait a minute, you know, it's time to get serious. You lot, you got lost. Let's, you know, uh, focus on the business and, and try to make a career for yourself. So I, I didn't even book my first acting job, I think until I was maybe 29. Wow. Yeah. Like wow. the 20, 20s, I was taking acting classes and just sort of trying to figure out how to yeah exist and make money but i but i didn't i guess i i think i'm kind of a late bloomer yeah um like i didn't know how to navigate the business right you know i mean when you don't come from the business it's you know you're really overwhelming it's very overwhelming and you just kind of have to in a in a layman word like you just kind of have to eat shit on your own and just figure it out you're just like you really yeah. do you just yeah. gotta you know you're like you're saying that you, so what was the first break that you got at 29 I uh, I was cast in a play at the Mark Taper Forum. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. written by David Hare, and it was Gordon Davidson, who was the artistic director of uh, for thirty five years there. He it was his last uh, hurrah before he retired. Wow! And yeah, it was called Stuff Happens, and yeah. um, I remember we had a cast of like, uh, well, basically, I had I I had decided to start taking my career really seriously. Mm -hmm. And I decided that I was going to run it like a job. So I had started this group of people, uh, an accountability group, and we met every week and we had tasks. And the whole thing was like, the reason you make 90% of the money is because you do 90% of the work. You know, mm -hmm. like if you're, you're a working actor or a working comedian or singer or whatever the person wanted to be, you, you're working if you did the work to get the job. So right. leave, if you're doing the work, Right. Like, like, look at all that you've created, Mona. If you know, if you're doing that kind of work to create things for yourself, yeah, then you are working, and and you should have that. You should leave each day with that kind of self respect. So I had been doing that for six months, yeah, and feeling that I was making progress, feeling better. I felt that I was going into audition rooms with a different kind of attitude, a different kind of confidence. 
mm-hmm. from that. And um, and so then I got that play at the taper, and I remember that at the table read, the the director went around and like everybody else, I swear to God, everybody else in this play was like eighteen or twenty of us was was you know famous like heavy hitters like Broadway like well, the Lion the Lion King or you know um, like they each of the movie stars I won't go through like all the list and everything and I remember like the director going around and shaking each person's hand and doing that like you know we're all amazing and famous congratulatory like thing you know what I mean and then and then he came to me and he was like you slipped in huh <laughs> I was like yeah I slipped in. <laughs> I mean, was it like intimidating for you the first time? Like you're sitting with all these like, like heavy hitters, and then you're like, oh, totally, right. it's oh, like totally. My first gig, hey, totally. yeah, hey, I know what I'm doing, yeah, yeah, like you know. I mean, Anna, you know that in the acting world, like acting is, I think acting is a lot cruel, a lot more cruel to actresses than it is to actors. Like a male actor can work till like he's 85 and about to croak, and they'll be like, he's nominated for an Oscar, and then. Uh, you know, but for women, it's like this kind of expiration date about because of youth and because Hollywood is such a, you know, youth driven thing. I mean, for you at 29, where you're like, oh, my God, I'm getting older. Are they even going to hire me at this point? Terrified. Terrified. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were there were lots of things like that because I'm I'm old enough to where I remember when there really was no one that looked like you or me. Right. On screen. You know what I mean? Right. And right. and the, the 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 first characters that I played were named Lupe, and wow. Maria. You know, wow. there have been so many like reincarnations of what's okay in this business. Right. Then of course, like there, I was no one was going to cast me in Latina roles anymore, and that's wonderful. Yes. Um, and then, and then you know, after nine eleven, yeah, unfortunately. Um, this, sadly, this we have to. That's sliver. how we become famous. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. sliver opens up where you get to play terrorists and wives of terrorists, and mm-hmm. um, and I remember those audition rooms where, like, and I remember going in them and then thinking, you know, like I think I'd better start wearing a headscarf. I think it'll make me mm. stand out. You know what I mean? And like having just trying to in auditions or in personal life. In auditions. Okay. Okay. In auditions. Yeah. And did it? Uh, yeah, it did. Because uh, because there wasn't any nuanced understanding of of uh, Muslim identity, the spectrum of Muslim identity. Right. Muslim right. female identity. Right. You know? Right. Which is a very broad spectrum. That's correct. That's correct. You, know? you, can, you can go from a bikini-wearing uh, Muslim woman to all the way up to a burqa-wearing Muslim woman. And, and, I, and I have cousins who do both. Well, I, I have that and I have that. Precisely. That's right. Precisely. Yeah, Precisely. Exactly. So, so there's, yeah, 100%. Anna, did you, I know that a lot of male, like, uh, Muslim actors and South Asian actors, whatever, they always complain. They're like, you know, I got sick of, like, getting cast as terrorist or I, I got sick of it or I refused to audition for it. Is that yeah. something that was going through your mind where you were like, you want to watch? You're like, fuck this. I'm not going to play another terrorist wife or I'm not going to audition for none of this. No, not just terrorist wife, but also terrorist. Right. Um, I, I played terrorists. I don't feel good about it. I played w- women that hid bombs. Mm-hmm. Um, then I played women that uh, we thought were terrorists, you know, as, as, as it all, and a lot of times, of course, I just played like the, the weak wife, I've, you know, spoken 10 languages, 
um, on camera. Um, and you know, and the, just the, the, the weak, the weak wife who probably doesn't say much. Right. Um, right. And, and, um, and then, you know, I'm like, as people sort of, as it started to evolve, then I remember that I, I played someone that was, you know, suspected of being a terrorist, but wasn't a terrorist. And then I remember being on a TV show, um, where, where I was on a, I was the mother of two sons and like one son is being tried. And I was like, you know, no, I'm telling you, my son is not a terrorist. He's not a terrorist. <laughs> and then, and then the, you know, the, 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 the prosecutor is like, uh, but, uh, but what about your other son? Okay, my other son is a terrorist, but his son is not a terrorist. And I was like supposed to be showing both, you know. And I was like, how many times can I do this? And then I finally got to the point where I remember like the last job I took that was just, I was a mullah's wife, um, you know, and I remember just like, I I took it for, for the money and I felt gross about the whole thing. And- What show is this? I'd, I'd rather not say. <laughs> really rather not say and then I and then you know I just like took a piece of my paycheck and I kind of donated it to human rights watch because I just felt like I felt I it felt wrong you know mm -hmm. so do you feel Anna like when these roles you know there's a there's a big conversation now I mean of course now it's a lot bigger conversations than it did I mean right after September 11th uh about the, you know the the rewriting of the narrative right constantly yeah. putting people like us like in these boxes to be like, Mona's only going to play. Uh, like I had uh, the casting director of Ugly Betty, whose class I took in New York City. And he sat me down and I'll never forget this, Anna. He looked me straight in the eye and he said, Mona, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but you're brown. So you'll never be the lead in anything. He's like, you'll be the third of the fourth banana. You'll play a terrorist wife or a terrorist mother. And that's kind of about it for you. And I remember looking at him being like, okay. Cool. Awesome. This is this is what? This is the my entire career. But Anna, so much of it has changed. I mean, as it is, you know, prevalent so in much. so much. The the nuanced conversations are happening. They're no longer casting, you know, you know, an Indian woman as, you know, a, a Saudi woman. It's just like that's not happening. They're they're trying to actually make an effort to go for Arab speaking actresses to be like, let's bring you in and put you in. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and not just that, they're now you can be the lead. You can be the number one on sure. a TV show that has nothing to do with the fact that you're South Asian. Um or can or or can weave that nicely into the fabric of who you are in a very right. natural uh, way, you know? Right. right. It's, it's amazing how far we've yeah. come, and yeah. and yes, there's farther to go. Yeah. And yeah. and and on on the when you asked me about, uh, you know, were you worried that by the time you're 29, it's like I'm already too old? Mm -hmm. I was always terrified of that, but I really see that changing too. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, it, I feel that that people are finally starting to make strides to uh, to combat this this ageism, this unspoken ageism that's taking place in this business at all times, you know? And um, and I think that that's wonderful. Yeah. Like the, the, the age of woman that you see on TV right now, if you were to take the median age, yes. I haven't done a science, I haven't studied this, but it's gotta be higher. Yes. You yeah. Know? I mean, now you have like your likes of Helen Mirren, you know, like kicking ass and like looking sexy. And you're like, Psh, look at Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren's hot. Like, I'm so wow. fucking sexy. Yeah. 
She's amazing. She's I amazing. just adore her. I mean, I know when she's my you, favorite. She's so great. She's so great. Yeah. Anna, when you started doing bigger shows and started getting bigger roles, did that kind of, I mean, what would you say was that one big role at, and at what age was it where you were just like, you know what? I've officially now made it. Like now I am in the zone of things. Like I'm going to keep getting work because of this. Mona, I never had that role. Um, it, I'm, I feel like my career trajectory, I mean, my, my career trajectory, it, it is a trajectory, you know, like yeah. what I'm working on right now, the show that I'm working on right now, to me, I'm, it feels like uh, I'm excited about it and it's a step up for me and I can't talk about it yet. Okay. Um, but Did but, you write it? Did you write and produce no, it? No, 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 no. Okay. It's just that I signed an NDA and it'll be out in like a, a bit. But, but um, you know, like my, you know how people's like, their careers are like, right? Mine is the slow, like lowest slope in the world. Like this is, this is my career. It, mm. But it does, you know. And sometimes when I'm when I'm down or if I have a bad dip, you know, or months or something like that, my husband always says to me, he's like, "Look at the X Y graph. Just just look at it. Look at it. Step step back and look at the X Y graph. And it really is. It's like this little like. So so it's, there's I I didn't have what I would call a breakout role, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, there were, are, there are shows that I've been on that I think are higher pedigree that people really love. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and sometimes those roles that I played there don't coincide with the roles that I'm really proud of, which are on, you know, uh, shows that for whatever reason, people in our business don't think of as, as great or anything like that. I would say the most empowering, uh, thing that I ever did that, that I do feel just helped me as an actor um, was was creating my own solo show and taking it off Broadway. Mm. And um, which solo show is this? So it's called Shahid, The Dream and Death of Benazir Bhutto. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm so glad we're organically transitioning into that because, um, <laughs> I mean, look, I grew up when Bhutto was in power, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and you were I, there, right? I was there. I grew up under the Bhutto yeah. era. And, yeah. you know, just as a side note, Pakistan has had a female prime minister. India has had a female prime minister. America has yet to have a female president. And uh, it's really alarming. It's really shocking to be like, how are we the world power? And we claim the drum and beat the drum of democracy around the world. And yet we can't get a freaking female president. That's so true. That's so true. And then, of course, people would argue with you and say, but that's because it's dynastic politics over there. You know, it's because her father and it's because they elect families and et cetera, et cetera. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, mean, people can make that argument. But what made you what made you do the one woman show, uh, Shahid? Why? Why? Why Shahid? What what was that thing about Benazir for you? I just found her to be so fascinating, such an enigma. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And there was this book that I read by Ron Suskind called Way of the World. It, yeah. He won a Pulitzer Prize for it, and um, and he followed her around in the last days of her life, and that was a very like cruxy time for her. You know what I mean? And and yeah. what he captures, in my opinion, in that book that I wanted to capture in the play, um, was how complex she was. Because you know, as you know, um, mm-hmm. everyone has a strong opinion about Benazir Bhutto, right? She's a saint. She's the devil. She's a corrupt. 
monster, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Blah, blah, blah. Yes. Or she, you know, we, we bow down and we kiss her feet and we walk 10 miles to meet sure. her at the airport and, and, sure. and, all, and all of that. And, and I was interested in the multiple truths at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so the story that I, first of all, the play itself is I played eight characters and um, four did of them are real. Did you write it? Yeah. Did you write it? Oh, wow, you wrote yeah. it. Amazing. Yeah. Four of them are real. I played Condoleezza Rice. I play Fatima Bhutto, wow. who um, is Benazir's niece and who believed that Benazir had her father killed. Kill. Mm -hmm. um, well, I play God. a woman, this Israeli woman, Benazir's best uh, friend. And then I mm -hmm. play Benazir. And then I play fictional characters that would have come across, Benazir would have come across in her life. And, and it all takes place on the last day of her life before she goes out into Rawalpindi Park and um, makes her final speech and then, and then um, is killed. And so, uh, so my take was that she was corrupt. She didn't mean to be corrupt. Mm -hmm. She started out. She started out with hope and purpose and vision. Yeah. Um, and and did care, but yeah. that but that she was slowly corrupted because of money, because of privilege, because it's hard to be the female yeah. prime minister, and yeah. everyone's working against you all yeah. the time. You, Pakistan is just a gr as you know a gridlock. Yes. Of politics, just just a gridlock, and yes. um, and so, and and that she maybe not her best sides had come out over different periods of her life, but that when she returned to Pakistan and Condoleezza Rice had brokered that agreement, she came back finally that third time to make up for it, mm. and to become the person that those millions had believed she was all along. And that she was perhaps willing to become a shaheed, mm -hmm. if necessary, to do that because she she knew she was putting herself in danger. Right, right. Um, and so it's it's her reconciling all of that and making the choice to know that this may be the last day of her life, and she's stepping out there because of to pay the price for for wrongdoings and and to finally try to save Pakistani people. Ooh, that's heavy, Anna. That's that's heavy, you know. I'll tell you my experience growing up under the Bhutto era. Um, I remember my father dropping, taking me to the airport because I traveled uh, by myself from uh, Karachi to New York. Uh, and I remember my father being at the red light. I'm in the car with my mom and my dad, and there's a car behind us, and they have uh, collection cards sticking out of their windows. Tinted car, completely tinted car. You can't see who's sitting inside. They have Kalashnikovs sticking outside the window and they're shooting up in the air. And that's what these young men would do during the Buddha time is the amount of corruption was unbearable. I mean, it was just simply unbearable. They would just show up to, you know, the, these thugs, these goons would just show up to your, uh, you know, they would show up to my dad's business and be like, hey, my dad had a car showroom business and, you know, my dad had a car driving business. So he had a he owned a lot of cars. So they would, they'd just walk up and be like, yeah, I'll take that car and I'll take that car. My dad's like, the fuck you will. Hey guys, Gronk here calling a 30 second hair huddle. 
When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash podcast. That's 4 slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Something we all missed in 2020 is traveling. Remember road trips, seeing friends and family, and all the sights and sounds along the way. And of course, road snacks. Mmm, beef jerky. Well, it's time to get back out there. We've earned it. And when you travel with the U.S. Bank Altitude Connect Visa Signature Card, you'll also earn the most from it. So hit the road and take it all in again, from points of interest to points back for how you travel. Earn four times points on travel and at gas stations. And if you book your prepaid hotel or car rental directly in the Altitude Reward Center, you can earn five times points. Plus, you'll earn two times points on groceries, dining, and streaming services. And all other eligible purchases? Yeah, you'll earn points on those too. So start earning more today and connect with 50,000 bonus points, a $500 value when you spend $3,000 within the first 120 days of account opening. Learn more at usbank.com slash altitude connect. The U.S. Bank Altitude Connect Visa Signature Card is issued by U.S. Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. FDIC. The fuck out of wow. here. Wow. My dad was like, get the fuck out of here. You're not taking shit. And he's like, I'm gonna fucking come and I'm gonna arrest you. My dad's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fucking come back and arrest and me. And do you think they were that was like a product of Zardari? That's a product of Zardari. That's because, you know, he's like corrupt as hell. Yep. You know, and um, I remember as a kid, even remember watching the foreign delegates coming to meet uh Benazir and Zardari, and Zardari would be sitting on the couch with like his leg up like this like all like ghetto style and we used to be like yo what kind of ghetto ass shit is this like as a kid i remember watching it as a teenager being like yo that's some ghetto shit like sitting with your leg up like while you're meeting a japanese the you're meeting the president of the J- of japan like what she was i think what so I disrespectful always, so disrespectful i think what i always admired about benazi butto is how incredibly articulate she was how incredibly uh, well spoken she was, how educated she was. Um, sure. I, I mean, also besides her, how beautiful she was. Um, but I think for us, you know, what we saw, her her words didn't match her actions. Like Bhutto mm-hmm. for the longest time would be like, "Hum apko pe sakun hain," meaning I want peace in this country, and it's just like. Dude, how is it that people are fucking getting robbed every day, Benazir? If you yeah. talk about peace, then why are you not cracking down on these people? Yeah. And eventually reports were going out that all these thugs and goons were released from prison on one condition, that they would go and rob people and bring the goods back and they would get to split it between, you know, Zardari and his goons and uh, these corrupt people. That oh, my was the God. I mean, that that's how bad. Zardari was called Mr. 20% because yeah. whatever deals would come in, he would get 20% of the cut. It's like, yeah. hey, man, like why yeah. are you getting a cut of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And it really, it seems like she was just a talking head, just a talk, pretty talking face sometimes. Yeah. That's right. I mean, look, she went through, I mean, you know this already. She went through a hard time. I mean, she was in prison. They put her, they threw her ass in jail for the longest I know. time. God knows what they did to her. God knows how they treated her that she never even talked about. Like they, they had to have sexually assaulted her. They had to, they had to, they had all this power. These men who this is a, this is a highly toxic, patriarchal, misogynistic environment. You think they're not going to put their hands in, you know, in the cookie jar a little bit. 
Oh, yes, they will. Oh, absolutely. And and there are no regulations. I mean, there may be regulations, but they're not necessarily going to be followed as far as. That's right. They're not enforced. Torture, et cetera. She, she said that she believes she lost some of her hearing wow. from that. And also from so much solitary confinement. She spent not just prison, but a lot of time in solitary confinement. Right. And then what they did to her father. And that's right. You know. Um, who was hung. I mean, yep. Zhao Hak is the one who hung him. That's and right. Then, and then Zhao Hak was, uh, I remember the day I learned that Zhao Hak was dead. I remember I was in the shower. I was a kid. I was like, maybe, I don't know. I'm, I, I was under 11 years old. I remember being in the shower, hearing that Zhao Hak had been killed in a plane crash. Uh, and all they found were his teeth. That's all they found. That's how they identified him. I remember that. Funny that all they found was the thing you can use to identify someone. That's funny. That's the only thing they found to identify someone. Exactly. Exactly. I don't even know if they found a black box or whatever. But I mean, for you, Anna, when you were playing all these different roles, I mean, A, you've written these roles out. I mean, for you, did you, I don't know, like, is it hard? Are you one of those actors that is like, you know what? I'm not going to judge the character. I'm just going to play it in its authentic truth. Like Tom Cruise talks about it a lot. Maybe it's not the right comparison, but Tom Cruise says, I never judge the character. I just play the role. I do not judge the character. I just look at it. I just live, like try to bring as much authenticity and truth for the character in that moment. Yeah, of course. Of course, because that character believes that they're justified good. and good and, and doing the right thing and they're struggling and they um, are feeling yeah. all sorts of things and want what they want and are offended and angry and hurt or yeah, ecstatic or manic or whatever, you know, and more or less aware of the people around them and how they're affecting them and, and yeah. all of that. Yeah. Yeah, of yeah. course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, Anna, do you... Uh, you know, there's uh, there's these different levels in Hollywood. Well, there's the working actors, actors you've seen in tons of stuff. You know, you kind of know their name, but not really. But they're working actors. They make a lot of money. You'll see them all over the place, you know. Uh, then there's the next level. It's like, you know them. You you know, they have had like maybe one breakthrough role or maybe two breakthrough roles. But, you know, you know their name, but kind of not know their name. Like, you know, oh, my God, yeah, that guy from that show, you know, and that, that girl from that show. Uh, and then there's your megastars, right? There's your superstars or whatever. Um, I don't know. Do you feel like you're more of a working actor? You are more somewhere in between a megastar and, oh, I know, I know her from that show person. Well, what I'm certain of is that I'm not a megastar. Um, <laughs> that one I know for sure. Um, I'm, I'm gratefully a working actor. I've been on, I think, over 50 television shows. I've recurred on uh, a good number of them. I would have to go back and look. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes, and yeah, so I guess I'm, I think I'm like that woman. But I think sometimes people don't recognize me. You know mm. what I mean? Because sometimes... I, I, they'll, you know, who knows if my hair is back, who knows if I'm playing, you know, uh, you know, someone's, you know, Indian mother and, beta. you know, who's, who's a bit, you know, of course, you know, listen, beta, I just beta. want you to, yes. And, um, and <laughs> someone who's like 55, you know, or if I'm playing someone who's like maybe 39 <laughs> or whatever yeah. it might be. And, um, you know, or the FBI agent or, or those 
those different those different things. So I think I'm probably in that. I'm I'm at that point where I I notice that like whatever set I go on, I'm like, oh you again, oh you 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 know I know I've worked with you hairstylist. This is our fourth time working together, or yeah. you know this the show I'm working on right now in another state where I'm just flying back and forth. Yeah. There's three actors on that show that I've worked with before. Wow. So it's starting to feel that the world is starting to feel small for me. Mm. Because that pool of working actors is also a small pool. Is it yeah. not? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm realizing that it is. Yeah. I'm realizing that it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. now, Anna, with all these live streams, you're not, not only do you have your major studios and your music, you know, major networks, now you have all these lives, you know, you have all your streaming services, your Hulu, Absolutely. your Netflix, and your Paramount Plus, and your Disney Plus, and your and YouTube. Your, and TV your YouTube, shows. I mean, my God, Apple TV. Uh, yep. So much content is being put out. Are you seeing a shift in roles for you where you are no longer required to be like, hey, can you put on an accent for that? Or are you more and more absolutely where you're just absolutely. like, I'm just going to talk like I do the way I talk with an American accent? Yeah, yeah. And also just because I I sort of feel like I've paid my dues. Not that there's anything. Mm. The thing is, I, I love playing characters with accents and I love doing accents. That's the yeah. thing. It's actually something I greatly enjoy. Um, yeah. But, but, um, but I think on my artistic journey, just because I'm a soul, I've, I've done three solo shows, right? And Sorry. when you do solo shows, you play a lot of different people. You're that you're, you're an actor where, you know, I've, I've played men, I've, I've played old, old people, young people. I played a little girl in my show. Mm -hmm. So you're used, you're used to stretching, right? You're used to mm -hmm. playing that character over there. And, and for me personally, and maybe this circles all the way back to our discussion about why I had to go to Pakistan and, and, and all that. I feel like for me personally, I'm trying to come home. Mm. And so the roles that are interesting me more, yeah. that I'm more compelled by, that I want to audition for, that I'm not okay saying no to, are ones that are just using more of me how I am me. Right. Th this, this Anna, not, not all the other sort of Annas, like, but yeah. this and and delving and delving into her and mining that that yeah. that seems to be what interests me right now. Right, right. You and I, I, yeah, I mean, these roles you go for, are you auditioning for them or they're just offered to you? I mean, you have over fifty television credits for God's sake. It depends. I still most of the time audition, but every once in a while, it, you know, it's always a great day. Wow. Uh, when if, if you know somebody calls me I'm like, hey, I have a booking for you. Then of course that. I have to see if I want to take it, but um, but right. that's always nice. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, because you put in so much work at this point and you have you have built all this incredible resume and this body of work. I would think that you are at this point where you're just like, all right, let me take a look at the script. If I like it, if I see I can, you know, I like it, I'll do it. If not, then I'm not. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, yeah, because I do. I feel like I've I've paid my dues. If you if you want me to play an Indian mom, yeah, she better be a really really interesting Indian mom right. with an arc an arc that I haven't seen before. Right. Um. And or you have to be or pay me some money, a lot of money. <laughs> Just pay me a lot of money. That's yeah. All. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like I just 
I'm okay saying no to things. I'm okay. I'm more interested in what interests me than trying to please out there. Right. Right. And that's a, that again on my little XY graph has been a slow shift. Right. So James asked, can Anna mention how she broke into TV if she doesn't mind? Well, hi James. Um, broke in. I, I just did it the old fashioned way. I got, I got an, an agent and a manager and then I, I started auditioning and I remember when I booked my first role on, on a TV show from a long time ago called for the people. Um, not the one that you mentioned, but a different one called for the people. Oh, and, really? There was another yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I, I couldn't, I, I, I remember I called my dad. I was like, dad, dad, I'm going to be on TV. I got my first role. <laughs> he, he was like, how do you know this? <laughs> he wanted to be absolutely sure, you know. Um, and uh, have they paid you yet? Did they cut yeah, you? I know, no, no, no. Like, no, that that's not how it works. I got yeah, I know first. exactly. Because <laughs> you know, like South Asian parents are always like, "How much does it pay you?" Absolutely. My yeah. mom, like my mom, will just call me up. She's like, "How much money did you make last year?" Um, how, how about money your business? How about that, mother? Uh, like what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And then I, so, you know, I just like started getting different. I, I started out getting the co-stars. Um, yeah. And and then uh, at a certain point, I decided that I, I wanted to stop saying yes to those. And yeah. someone gave me a good piece of advice, which they said, you know, they said, the only way to tell people that you are at a higher level and you want to start doing guest stars is to stop taking co-stars. And soon enough, they'll get the message. Okay. So I told my reps that's what I wanted to do. And then there was a little dip where I was scared. And then I started getting larger auditions, you know, auditions for larger things. How many co-star roles do you have to get before you say, I'm not doing co-star roles? Well, I, it, everybody's journey is different. Um, I think some people, I think if you're 22, you just graduated from college, my recommendation would be go straight to a big agency and tell them, I'm only taking series regular roles and just see if you can just jump right over there, you know? Mm. But the way I did it was I kind of had to like go up, you know, each rung of the ladder. Right. You know, not a lot of fire escapes for me. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know when you got your agent, was there a conversation about what are you? What do you mix up? What is that name? What is that last name? Kaja. Did they ask yeah. you to change your last name to change it to an Irish name? <laughs> I wish someone would ask me to play an Irish role. I would love to do that. You'll get more. Um, you'll get more bookings if you're not that ethnic. I That's think what I was told. That's what I was told. Definitely. Well, I, what I remember is I remember the moment in my twenties when I, when it's like like the fog had parted from my eyes, and I was like, I looked at TV. It was as if I was looking at it for the first time in my life, mm. and realized that people on TV didn't look like me. Wow. You know? And, but then slowly after that, that started to change. And I got in in that like slivery headscarf. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's horrible what that, that person said to you, you know? Um, oh yeah, you're only ethnic. You're only gonna, you're never gonna be, you're, you'll be the second or the third or the fourth banana he calls me a banana yeah I, I can't tell you how much i feel that because i think every actor and, and any minority actor has that those moments yeah where you're set it suddenly hits you it's like 
you, I, I don't know, you just have these people tell you these sort of heartbreaking things. Like they're just, they're, it's like they want to take your hope. Yeah. And, and your, your drive and your, the purpose, the calling yeah. you were born with, and they want to snap it. And, right. and the thing is that look around. Everyone has created their own path. Everyone has created their own paradigm. I mean, okay. that casting director didn't know that what we saw on television right now was going to look like what it is. That's correct. And we don't know what it's going to look like in the future. So That's he right. or she didn't know. That's right. That's and right. didn't have a right to tell you that. That's right. I mean, because it's an ignorant statement. It's like me sitting here trying to predict what the next 10, 15 years of Hollywood is going to look like. I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. It's probably going to be a lot more diverse, but I don't exactly know what that's going to be. And they're also summing you up. It's a, it's an it's an objectification of you while they're talking to you as a human being. It's like telling you that you're second, third, fourth. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I, I think I, I actually quit acting for a long period of time. I just stopped it doing. I just stopped going to auditions. I just stopped going to acting because it really it really broke my heart. Like yeah. before I moved from New York, I was with a manager and. I was up for uh, this lead role in an independent feature film. The budget was about a million or so. And I went in for like a producer and director session like three, four times. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, make up your fucking mind already. Like, what do people want from me? Um, And they finally ended up giving a role to another, uh, you know, actress, an Indian actress. And and my manager told me, and the reason they didn't hire me, Anna, I kid you not, I've talked about this a few times, is because I wasn't hot enough. They did not think I was hot enough. And guess what? This hot actress that they hired, she was so bad. They had to cut her out from most of the movie. They were like, we literally wasted our time and money. We could have just hired Mona and she could have done a way better job. So I was just like, all right, well, you want to help. And it broke me. Something inside yeah. me just broke. And I was just like, yeah. I'm no longer going to go to auditions. Fuck auditions. I'm just going to do stand-up. And honestly, I'm very grateful that I took that path because st- I-, I feel like being a stand-up made me a better actor. It also did put me down this path of like bitterness you know some act some people become bitter because this is a rough business it's a lot of rejection and it it took me away from that because it gave me so much control over my empowered you empowered me like crazy because i was no longer like this it's like the biggest fuck you it's the biggest it's just the biggest fuck you it's the biggest taking of your space it's the biggest arriving yep I was just yeah. like, you don't get to define my life in any form or shape. I get to define my own life and I get to define my own creativity. And, I, you know, you. listen, it's been hard. A stand up is hard. This is a this is this is such an unsexy business. But on the on the on the front, it looks like such a sexy business. Behind the scene is so fucking unsexy. Don't you think? Anna? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. It's so it, it's it's really almost blue collar. I mean, I if, like, if, if people that aren't in this business had any idea how many times a person shoots a scene, that alone, I mean, you know, sometimes I'll see background actors on the set who, you know, it's their first day of background and they're like, oh, excuse me, miss, are we, are we doing it again? I'm like, oh, we've just started. <laughs> we're, we're 5% through the way we're going to shoot this scene. Yeah, yeah. Get ready true. to walk up those stairs and back down those stairs. About 150 more times. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> exactly. You know, like, I'm sorry, exactly. but it's just how it is. Exactly. Before lunch, after lunch. And after I, I, did, I did extra work once, maybe twice. And I That's made a the way to do it. 
And I made a promise to myself, nope, never again. Not doing this. Nope, not doing this. I'm better than this. I can, I have much more talent and much more things to offer than this. I'm not going to do it. And, you know, it's interesting, Anna. Like, it goes back to that point you were making about, hey, you want to move on to bigger roles? Then you got to stop reject. You got to start rejecting co-stars. You can be like, listen, I'm, I'm, I've done this already. I need guest star roles. I need lead roles. Like, send me for, you know, those are the kind of stuff that I'm going for. It's almost like you have to, you have to claim it. You have to command it to be like, to this is it. what I'm worth. This yeah, is what that's I am. Right. God, it's so true. And honestly, I would say that it's just so, it's almost everything. Do you have to have the talent? Yeah, you got to have some talent. Yeah. You know, does it help if you look a certain way? Yeah, it probably helps if you look a certain way. Although that's sure. that's changing too. Yeah. But it's your journey of learning how to claim yes. what, you, what you want and expand what you truly believe you deserve. Yeah. Is the journey. I mean- Honestly, if I look at my career, if I'm if I'm being really honest, mm -hmm. I didn't book a job till I was 29 because I didn't have I didn't in myself know how to claim that. Mm. I didn't, you know, when it it's been I'm I'm a slow I'm a slow burn because my my own internal growth has been a slow burn. Mm -hmm. And I feel like my career is an to a, an extent an outward reflection of my my internal relationship. Right. with my career, you know? Right, right. You know, Anna, I believe that, I think even as, I think as women especially, um, it, it probably happens for a lot of male actors too, but I feel as women, especially when you come from certain cultures, I mean, I can definitely say for myself, I mean, my journey to just even become, to even put it out in the ether that I want to be a performer was a fucking nightmare. It was That's a nightmare. Right. And That's a right. mind. My family gave me an ultimatum. My brothers, when I came out of my artist closet, I told my brothers, I said, I, because my brothers lived here, my parents lived in Pakistan, and I told my brothers, I was like, I want to be a performer. Like, I really don't want to go to college. I want to go to acting school. Like, I don't want to waste my time and my effort, like, and my money. Like, I'd rather go to acting school. And my brothers straight out gave me an ultimatum. They said, either you're going to go to college and you're going to become a physical therapist or we're going to send you back and mom's going to marry you off to someone. That's it. Those wow. are your options. Oh my God. Oh my Take God. Your pick. Like these are your options, right? So for me, I had to fight all these cultural norms. I had to fight familial norms. I had to fight my own internal demons. Like my journey has just been so chaotic and so fucked up that it's taken me such a long time to finally be able to stand and just claim and just give myself permission. Just give myself permission to be like, you, I bless thee. Just go fucking do it. Just do it. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row. Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks. Take, do it. And I think for us, for, I think for each individual artist, I think it's such a journey to come to that acceptance, to come to that place, to be like, I give permission to myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and sometimes that's what I think people that aren't in the business might not see is just how much it takes 
to do uh, for some people. <laughs> like, I guess what I'm saying is, for instance, if you're a kid of a, of a of an artist, if you're a kid of a famous person or someone in the business, yeah, you you don't just have an advantage because you have connections and that yeah. kind of stuff, and perhaps already money, which is a big fucking help. Um, yep. If you don't have to work the day job, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's right. But really, what was I think it's what's most is it was implanted in you that you could, you know, mm -hmm. the the doubts, the the, the self doubts just aren't as loud. Right, mm. or the external doubts, or you who literally, literally, fought people saying no. I mean, they, I mean, <laughs> a threat of imprisonment. I mean, really, like right. you, you, you fought off very real threats, right? You know, and then I'm sure once you fought those off, they still remain inside you. You know, you were raised with those, and and you and you, the journey you've been on. To fight yep. those off and to claim yourself as you're saying and to and to be here as Mona Shake, yes, doing this, hosting your own show, zuh, you know, yeah, it, it's 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 heroic. I think. I mean, oh, I don't mean to exaggerate, but it really is. You're very kind. You know, Thank you, it's it's heroic on a soul level. Yeah, I feel like you know. Um, you know, I'm uh, I consider myself, I think when you go through so much shit in your life at an early age on, I think either you 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 become uh, I think you either become bitter or you become a or you become spiritual. Uh, I chose to be on the more spiritual path. And uh, Gary Zukov, which is an, who's an amazing, uh, you know, uh, you know, writer about spirituality. He talks about that your when your personality uh, matches your soul's purpose is when you are in perfect alignment with yourself. That's when you do the greatest things in your life is when your personality comes in to support your soul's purpose. And I, I love that. I 100% believe that. I mean, how is it that a two-year-old Anna knows that she wants to be an actress? Because that's Anna's soul's purpose. But now Anna's personality has to catch up to that soul's purpose so she can be in complete alignment with herself. Yeah, and maybe her personality even was caught up but maybe yeah. then it started to get separated from outside forces. Sure, hundred sure. percent. And then Anna has to step in and be like, "No, no, no! I can't let that get away. I have to be in complete alignment with my personality and my soul purpose." I love that. Gary Zukov's amazing. You should look him up. He's I will. Yeah. Do you do you listen to Super Soul Sunday at all, Oprah? No. Oh. No, I don't. But I love Oprah. Anna, Super Soul Sunday has literally changed my life. It really? is hands down one of the best podcasts on the planet. It's just so brilliant. She she brings on everyone. Like she brings on anyone you can possibly think of. The the creme de la creme of humanity. And she talks to them about their spiritual journey. And then she in return talks about what she's learned and you know how she's talking. I mean Anna uh, I forgot to say I mean I'm sure you op know Oprah's love life story. I don't know if you know. Of course, yeah. She's raped. Uh I mean oh, my yeah. god picked out by her mother. I mean she just comes from so many, so much adversity. And for her to be standing where she is today is simply nothing short of miraculous. I mean, it's just brilliant. And I think, I think, I think when you get on that kind of as an artist, even uh, if you're an artist or not, but I think especially when you're an artist, because I feel like being an artist is such a spiritual journey, at least it is for me. Um, yeah. 
when you get in that place, I mean, the fact that you start discovering these things, you start discovering these things about you. I mean, for the longest time, I used to look on the outside for answers. I'd be like, can somebody please give me answers? Like, I'm yep. lost. I'm confused. Yep. Can you give me answers? It's yep. only when I started looking inwards is when I found all the answers. Yep. Did yep. you do you feel that way? Has that been a thing in your journey? Absolutely. I'm um I'm a Vedic meditator. I meditate um, 40 minutes a day total. Oh, wow. Amazing. Uh, and I've been doing that for three and a half years. And I find it to be the most important thing in my life. Mm. Um, and yeah, just that. I mean, I still fall into all the same traps. Maybe yeah. just the tipping point has happened recently where I'm just uh, what you said, looking inward more. Yeah. But it's just, we, I think it's just our human nature that we want something on the outside to make us happy, to make it better, to make us mm -hmm. satisfied. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and then in this business, I think it's exponential. You know what I mean? Like the answer's out there, the answer's out there. Give me a role. If I uh, give me a role so I can post about something, you right. know, give me um, oh, a role so I can validate to myself that I'm worthy or that I'm worthy, that, that I'm worthy, that I actually have the talent that I'm not yeah. like, bullshit myself in my head like oh how awesome i am exactly yeah. that's it that that's role's what gonna it really validate is. it for me that's gonna it's validate gonna validate it yeah yeah that's right yeah that's right yeah but the thing is that just becomes more and more short-lived mm -hmm. even even if it does validate it it's not it's it's it, it just it, it's like it disappears and then you need more and then you need more and then you need more you know yeah. Yeah, it's whatever like, it is, all the think about all the things you said. If if I could just, and then you get it, and you're just like, but if I could just, mm -hmm. but if I could just, you know, look at that person, they have that, and all they're thinking is if I could just. Mm -hmm. But it's it's really, and also I've um, I did the artist's way, recently. I don't know if you've done it. Mm -mm. It is so incredible by Julia Cameron. It's been around for like thirty years. This what is this, what is it, Anna? What Twelve is week it? program. It's called the Artist's Way. Okay. It is, it's a, it's a spiritual program for artists and creatives. Oh, you commit to it. You do it for 12 weeks and it opens up your life. It's wow. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Um, wow. and it, it gets you back in touch with the, the, the creative child inside of you. It doesn't matter if you're a, a work in finance, you don't have to be an art artist. It doesn't matter if you're already a famous writer, anyone can do it. And you start adding, you know, it's the, the, the basis of all of it is that life is creativity. Life, life, we are creations. We yeah. are based in creativity. Yeah. Our purpose fulfillment, whatever it is that means the most to us, raising our children, gardening, whatever it is, these things are creative acts and they are a communion with the divine. They're a communion with yeah. something beyond us, whatever you want to call it, or yeah. greater than us, or that unites us. Yes. And, um, and, and it's, it's a step-by-step -step program to get you out of this shit and recenter it into that. Mm -hmm. And then, and it helps you start kind of carrying that joy of creativity with you. Yeah. Wherever you go. Anna, what is, what is meditating 40 minutes a day? First of all, when you started off med meditating, I'm, I'm, did you start off with 40 minutes or did you start off with five minutes and 10 minutes? I started off with 40 minutes, but I'll tell you why. Wow. Um, I tried, I tried meditate a, a bunch of different kinds of meditation 
a bunch of different kinds of meditation and I could never stick with them. And I found it really hard, like sitting quietly with my own thoughts was hell. It was hell. Um, and sometimes I could do five minutes or 10 minutes, but I would resist it, resist it, resist it. And, um, and then I was introduced to something called Vedic meditation, which is where it's basically it's transcendental meditation, but it's not with the copyright. It's just been passed down from the Vedas. Um, yeah, exactly. And mm -hmm. uh, and so you get a mantra. Okay. And it, and it's a mantra. You don't you never speak it out loud or anything like that. And it's it's a sound that mimics. And you get one. It's it's a secret. Your mantra. You never tell it to anybody. Um, but there's only a certain set of them and, and they get, they've been passed on and they're sort of based on your age and name and the sound mimics nature. And the word mantra, I believe means something in word vehicle or sound vehicle. Mm. And what I noticed the first time I ever did it and like said the mantra very just lightly in my mind is that it just took me and it dropped me down in. Mm. and the peace started happening and so this kind of meditation which you do and they plunge you right in you do 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon i from the very beginning have had almost no resistance to doing it wow and and most people find that they can do it and and one of the reasons that i was curious about investigating it was because I noticed that the people that I knew that did this kind of meditation or transcendental meditation, TM, stuck with it. You know, like I read the, you know, well, David Lynch obviously is like a huge proponent for it, but like, you know, I read Jerry Seinfeld had been a, a, a Vedic meditator for 40 years. Really? Um, yeah. And when you meet people that, that have this particular meditation practice, hmm. you start it and you keep at it. Wow. Of course you can fall off, but the, the fallout rate is so much less than than other meditations I've noticed. And so that's what made me curious. I was like, what is it that makes all these people able to meditate for that long? Because mm -hmm. I can't, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And the moment, uh, the first minute that I ever did it, I was like, oh, this is what. Totally so, changed you know, my relationship with it. I mean, it sounds wonderful. And I have been, um, I've done meditation. I mean, I was doing yoga for a long, long time. I've done meditation. But for me, um, my, my, my walks are my meditation in many ways. You know, yeah. when I'm just lost in thought, I'm just gone. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe even showering sometimes is a form of meditation. Uh, sure. You know, it's like, but I, I mean, this listening sounds listening to music. Yeah. Listening to music is very, yeah. uh, you know, meditate, but I have been looking to, I mean, because I feel you're going like to love this. This I'm, sounds, you're going to love this. I want to introduce you to my meditation. Please. Teacher. I would, I mean, what a gift it would be. I would so love that. You're going to love been it. For it. I've been looking for it. So this is, oh, uh, good. this was like meant to be then. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This, and for anyone else who's listening, like if there's any like, you know, TM center that teaches you this kind of meditation, I really can't recommend it highly enough. I, I will say that if, if you're the person that said, I can't meditate. Yeah. This might be the meditation that changes that and, wow. and really kind of 
just improves your life. I and think. where can where can people go and find? It? Is there a website? I mean, what do they Google? Sure, like, yeah, um, they can go to uh, the handle is always Anacaja for for Instagram for Twitter, and then Anacaja Official is my website. And really, if you want to know what I'm up to, the best place to go is to IMDb. Okay, but uh, and what about the Vedic, like uh, the Vedic trans, uh, you know, the transcendental uh, meditation you're talking about? How do people yeah. that? Yeah, I would look up um, my my meditation teacher if you're in LA. Yeah. Although actually now I think he might be teaching them online. His name is Chris Pomeroy, and um, his website is the Calm Place. Oh. Dot com, the Calm Place dot com. And then you can also look up his teacher and his teacher studied directly with the Maharishi, who was the guy that the Beatles went and studied mm. with. Um, and, and he's, this guy's amazing. And his name is Tom Knowles and Knowles is spelled, uh, Tom is T H O M and yeah. Knowles is also spelled differently. K N O L E S I think. And he's oh, great gosh. too. And they'll, uh, you know, if you if you email them, they'll direct you to the right place. It's wow, might it's be the not, beginning of something special. That sounds. I mean, it sounds so lovely. You know, I know what it is. Is that also you know uh, when you grew up in a in a pretty conservative Muslim household, you know, meditation is not really something that is you grow up with. I didn't discover meditation until I was an adult. Like I started doing yoga, and I was like, oh my god, yoga. I mean, I used to do vinyasa yoga like three, four times a week. And yeah. I used to have these crazy sugar cravings and yoga fixed it for me. I believe it. Yoga I love yoga. I do yoga. Time. I do yoga every day too. Oh, good for you. Do you yeah. do vinyasa? What do you do? I just do, I, I just do regular like, like power vinyasa yoga. You know, okay. I do a bunch of sun salutations, downward dogs, that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 I know, when you do these meditations every day for 40 minutes. And it's 20 in the morning and 20 in the afternoon. Well, 20 in the morning and 20 in the afternoon. Do yeah. you have epiphanies while you're having doing these meditations? All the time. Wow. Wow. It's crazy. And the thing is, you're really not, you're, you're supposed to be focusing on the mantra, but like you wander off into thought and that's fine. That's the other thing. I just want to say this about meditation is a lot of people say like, I can't stop thinking. And one of the things that my meditation teacher told me early on is like, heart beats, lung, your, your, your lung breathes, that's its job. Your brain's job is to think. Yeah, exactly. You think. Nothing about meditation has to do with stopping thinking. That's right. Get that out of your head. Because if you're gonna try to stop thinking, you're good luck, you know? Right. Um, but, so, but, but you keep refocusing. Mm -hmm. When you remember, you bring it back. And, and we, we say it's a perfectly imperfect practice. Mm -hmm. If you did it, if you sat for the 20 minutes and tried, it's yeah. working. That's it. And, uh, um, and, and I, yeah, I have an epiphany. Things will come to you. Things will just uh, kind of like rise up. Right. You yeah. know, I wanted to actually ask you real quick and then we'll wrap up because I know you said that you have to be done by 730. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you real quick, these meditations, do you feel like when you're in stressful situations or something, God forbid, something very tragic had happened or something very shocking has happened that you remain a lot calm? because of these meditations or they ground yes. you in that way? Yes. Um, not, not always, you know, like if I've had a super stressful day and I haven't meditated in 10 hours, maybe I'm not my most 
Thanks, yeah. James. Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm not my my most calm. Maybe I really need to meditate, right? Like it's not like I'm a person without anger now. No, it's not like no. it's not like I don't like you know yeah. turn into a bitch every once in a while. But but could, do I actually have I found that to be true? I even had I won't go into the details, but I I had an experience just this weekend where I was like, I don't even know what happened, how I dealt with that situation. Mm. I would never have dealt with that situation that way. It it just arose in me this like. I was I was able to, I was able to do something that I normally wouldn't have been able to do and yeah. and I find that to be the case more and more that it's almost like you lean you, there's the space inside you to think before you speak maybe a little bit more mm. um, or somehow a compassion occurs to you a little more often not always mm. but a little more often right yeah. so. I would say that as an artist for me more and more, and I think even as an artist, but more, I think as a human being, I've, I've made it a point where there's only there's only only one kind of people that are welcomed in my life, or especially in my inner circle. If you do not come from a place of love and compassion and kindness, you don't need to be in my inner circle. You can just stay on the outer circle. We don't need to talk. Like, it's fine. And I think the older I get, the more I really, really value that because I see how it it has this ripple effect on other things and other people. So I kind yeah. of make it a point to, you know, be with kind people. That's like my thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anna, this was such a fun conversation. Mona, I have to tell you, you are just it, it, incredible. I mean, I, I just feel like this flew by for me and and I feel so close to you. Oh my God, I feel you know what I mean? like I'm sitting over here. I mean, we are both in West Hollywood. So That's I am true, close. we are. <laughs> but, but, I, but I really feel like it's just been so wonderful to like sit across the table and get to know you and yeah. tell you about myself. It's amazing. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah. Same here. I I hope one of these days we'll go grab coffee since we're neighbors. I hope so too. I mean, and also I, I'm fully vaccinated. I don't know about you, but I'm definitely fully vaccinated. I've got one more coming up. but One more? Okay, so that we're almost there. We're gonna be we're gonna be safe. Are you gonna be flying out soon for your project? Yeah, I'm flying out uh, probably in about eighteen days. Oh, so you're yeah, here for yeah. a bit. Yeah, we'll go oh. get coffee. Okay, let's go get some coffee. Anna and people can follow and check your stuff out. AnnaKajaOfficial.com. Yep. And uh, what about your socials? Anna Kaja. Okay. Kaja. And, and, and really, if you want the most up-to-date stuff, go to IMDb and just put my name in. Anna, do you, I know you're shooting this project that you can't talk about, but do you have any projects right now that are playing that are on TV or something? Um, I mean, I you know, there's there's a film that's making the rounds of the, the uh, film festivals that I'm really proud of. It's called Definition, Please. Um, it's a feature film. Okay. Um, I just uh, had an a episode of The Resident Air. Yeah that oh, I had a great it. time shooting in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and then this thing that I can't talk about will be like, it'll be like several episodes of a, a show that I'm just really excited to be a part of. Yeah. And um, and then I'll have some really good news, I think coming out about on the writing front as well. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I, can't, I can't wait to talk more and catch up with you. So we're gonna, we're gonna do the next one in person. Yes, please. Anna, I had such a great time. Thank you Me so too. much for being so generous with your time. Oh, of course. Great talking to you. Great talking to you, too. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. That was a, was a lovely Kaji, you guys. I had a great, lovely, lovely conversation. Oh, my God. I learned so much about Vedic Transcendental Meditation. I cannot wait to do it. Uh, I hope you guys meditate. I hope you guys look into that. Uh, Anna was kind enough 
to share with us the complace.com, which I highly recommend you guys, you guys go check it out. If you are uh, into meditation and want to get into meditation, I mean, God knows we've lived through freaking chaos and we can all use some meditation in our lives. You guys have a lovely weekend. If you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, please do. You can go to youtube.com forward slash Monashek Comedian, same name on Facebook and TikTok. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mona's Comedy. Have a lovely weekend. Stay safe out there. Throw your masks. Get your vaccinations. Have a good night. At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. Own the road with T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Whether you're cruising through Nashville on I-40, heading down I-90 to Boston, or touring Santa Cruz on the 5, you'll be covered by the largest 5G network. T-Mobile covers the most interstate highway miles in America with 5G. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Most reliable according to independent third-party Umlaut from crowdsourced user experience data from January to July 2021. Fastest according to Open Signal Awards based on average speeds in USA. 5G user experience report July 2021.